Minnesota basketball fans, welcome back to the Living Illusorville podcast. He's Aaron. I'm Chris, and we're here to talk some Wolves basketball. Now, we will do a little segment per usual with the Gophers at the end, but, you know, they're in rebuilding mode, so we won't go too deep in there. Now, last week, we meant to join you. We we actually recorded something that we thought we recorded, but it didn't really record the whole thing. Not even half the show was recorded, so we apologize for missing a week. Something just went wrong, and, and our schedules got all twisted, so... We are back, though, like I said, to talk some Timberwolves. Funny enough, the week before this last week, we were 2-2, two and two, the Timberwolves. They, you know, lost two games they could have won, won two games that they had to come back in. It's kind of strange how that worked out. Now, this week, um, you know, they had a pretty damn good week, obviously, going 3-1. and one. You know, winning on the road at Memphis, having some really quality wins. And, of course, the, the one loss we have was to a team that we should beat. Uh, but, you know, what? it is what it is. Houston, obviously, Green felt some kind of way about Edwards' 40-something point game. He came back and had a 42-point game. Um, but, yeah, so we'll get into some of the recap, uh, especially these last two games, Memphis and Sacramento. But we'll talk about last week. Um and since it is our first show, we will be doing like an overview of the first two months. It's kind of funny how it worked out. We were telling everybody to be calm down, lay back, settle down, let it happen. And here we are sitting in the fifth seed. But as we know, a losing streak away from being in the, you know, the 11th or, or lower, the way the, the West is lined up. So we will preview what we got coming. We got an interesting schedule. Tonight marks the 10th game in 14 freaking nights man so we'll preview what we got coming up bunch of home games coming up in a row now we've already played what three at home uh or no two and two at home in a row so yeah man it, it does get a little tougher after that though so we're going to preview and predict some of that stuff how we're going to do it in the next four games like we normally do um if this is your first time listening to the living and loser bill podcast welcome it streams right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope dope radio however you don't have to go to blog talk uh, rope dope and download the show there you can find it in a variety of places under the rope dope radio podcast it's on apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, radio player fm um, spricker tune in amazon music google podcast we got a stitcher page for living in loserville it's also available on spotify and one more thing if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, i got something for you. It's called DirecTV Streams. The prices start as low as $69.99. Um, get your TV together without the hassle of cable. Stream the best entertainment sports starting with 75 live channels. For a limited time only, you can save $120 over the first year when you get any package and buy a DirecTV streaming device. There's also the three-month special with the HBO Max, Showtime Stars, the Epics, and Cinemax. That'll save you some money, too. Choose the direct uh, direct streaming uh, package that's right for you. No annual contracts, no hidden fees. That is DirecTV Stream. Okay, let's go ahead and bring in the co-host, Aaron. And, you know, we're a little bit more paranoid tonight doing the show making sure technology doesn't mess with us. But anyway, obviously, 
I'm looking and it says negative five on my computer. Um, how's your night going, sir? It, we were we just hit a, a cold spell after getting kind of spoiled in January with uh, relatively, you know, good temps. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit cold this week. I'm doing fine. Uh, going outside's a little rough, but other than that, uh, yeah, we, you know, you mentioned the show last week. We got off to a good start. I wish you guys would have heard it. It was a good show. It was a great show. Uh, but we looked at the thing at the end. It wasn't there. And so we'll want to, you know, give a new overview and things have changed a little bit. Uh, so obviously on a little winning streak here and moves us up to standings, but as precarious as that is, we talked about, you know, go from nine to five to seven and just, you know, you got to keep up with everybody else. But, um, for the most part, uh, you know, teams evolving at the moment in a, in a good way. Um, there's the minus cat issues and, you know, there's going to be a lot to talk about if and when he comes back in his role. Um, and then Ant is rising up. He said, you know, a few 30, 40 point games lately. So, you know, things are starting to kind of gel without Cat, and it kind of makes you wonder, you know, where he's going to fit in. And and uh, obviously, you know, the the walking boot is 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 on, but it's not. You know, he's he's not a setback. There's no setback, as people like to say. But you know, his timetable's uh, still unknown. And same with McLaughlin, Chris. I think, you know, they don't really yeah, they have the a, same injury. Yeah, a real date for him either. And like I said, they need a little backup point guard help, but. I mean, I think they're holding it down for the most part. We're on a streak here, a little homestand. Um, things are looking up at the moment. Yeah, and I guess that they wanted him not at the games and in a boot more to kind of speed up the process as much as possible. Finch, uh, Finch just said it. No setbacks at all. It's part of the process. They were. That's basically what it was. Uh, you know what they were saying. A lot of people saw that picture and were like, "Oh my gosh," you know. But they said uh, they actually said it during the game too that uh, the quote was they needed him to control his leg movement better to help accelerate the healing. So that's why he hasn't been at the games like he was prior. So uh, you know a, a lot of that is just uh, just you know good old fashioned social media narrative, baby. That's how you do it. That's how you do it these days. Um, but anyway, well I shouldn't even say these days, right? But um, you know that Houston game. The back-to-backs are kind of sneaky. Um, sometimes when you win a game, especially Ant going off for his season high, uh, things were, you know, really great. All of a sudden, the next game, we kind of got out. You know, we, we were just, you know, the defense, the rebounding, uh, McDaniels and Kyle Anderson were in foul problems. Just just didn't play all that well. They built up. The, it was a little too late, you know, too late, too late little too late type of thing they 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 should they could have won the game though and you know did get hot down the stretch and, and we you know we were able to uh, get back in the game like I said but you know it, it is what it is but then the, to rally off you know those good wins in a row that was that was pretty impressive that Memphis game well first we had you know we didn't have to play Zion but just in time their other star came back and they're a loaded team that's played about two full years now together. And they even made a nice run last year, pushed the Suns um, in the first round, got in through the plan. And I think they pushed them to six, if I remember correctly. And that was without Zion. So there, we, we talked about closing last year that they're going to be a team to be reckoned with. So that was a, a very good win. 
But to get the Memphis in sack wins, if you look at where they're at, all three of those teams, you know, at the time and still are, I guess, um, were ranked higher. So anytime you can beat someone that's higher than you, you're, you're doing pretty good here. I thought that the Memphis win was actually the most impressive there. Um, go back to the Houston game, like you said, eh, a road game, and it was, you know, and did catch on at the end there, but it wasn't their best performance, obviously. And then to go on and beat the Zionless uh, Pelicans was another great, you know, you have to win those games, Chris. You can't just, you know, mail them in. You got to go and play and you got to go win. You can't you know, check those off. But then we get to the Memphis game and it really started to, you know, I think they turned a corner there. I want to say that, you know, there's a lot of corners to turn in an 82 game season, but um, I think they turned a corner there because they just seemed like they were in control of that game uh, for the majority of it. In fact, probably all of it. I think it got really close in the third. Uh, they made a push, they being Memphis. And then we just put them back down again and wrote it out till the end. And, you know, D'Angelo's hot shooting right now has really helped. I really think they're getting a feel for each other uh, as far as, you know, Jaden and and uh, even Rudy. I mean, they're just starting to yeah. feel what he can and can't do. And, you know, I, I've been less than impressed with Rudy, I think, in the last week or so. I, defensively, really, he's gone up against some pretty good competition with Sabonis and um, a, a few other bigs that you're just like, okay, God, you got to move your feet, man. you got to try to move your feet. I know they're not the fastest feet in the world, but you got to pick him up and put him down around the rim because he's just too easy to get around. But like I said, they're starting to gel better, especially the Ant and D'Angelo combination. It's really starting to play off each other, and I think that's the strength of the team at the moment. So it's good that they're doing it. Um, but I thought they really had an impressive win with Memphis. And then, you know, I recently have been onto the the Kings as being a pretty good squad. And then watching that game, you're like, okay, they're – actually got some really nice elements with Fox and, and, and some other guys that you're like, okay, they're young and they seem to be fast and they run, you know, they run the floor. And I thought that was another good win because it was kind of a juxtaposition from the Memphis game where Memphis wants to kind of get gritty and win gritty. And then, you know, yeah, have jaw come out and do what he does. And I really think, and then you have the, a fast uh, team in transition with uh sack, Romeno and I thought you handled both squads really well to get the win and uh, I was impressed with with those two games and I just want to see that continue yeah I think it's five of the last six now Ant was pretty much the only guy really scoring in that New Orleans game in the first half he had 20 D'Lo and McDaniels came in McDaniels or you know turned it on in the second half McDaniels had some clutch shots like under I think it was under 50 seconds, but the last minute or so, he hit a three, and then he also had a, a pull-up jumper, and, and that, that was big. It's nice to see him get really confident with that. Um, it, it's just, like we said, uh, against Houston, just too many lackadaisical plays, too many turnovers, just didn't really deserve to win that game. And then the last two games, speaking you know, off of what you just talked about, building off of the D-Lo and Ant, um, you know, we know Ant can score. And like you said, he's been on a run of, of scoring 30. He got to 40 that one game, too. And, and even at, at 20 for a while, he's been at 20 and up for a long time. I can't remember what they the stat they flashed up, but it had been a long time. But what really is – what I've liked is his all-purpose game. Um, he hasn't settled for three-pointers early in the clock. 
um, or even early in the game when it's like sometimes he'd have like he'd be like you know four out of his five shots or threes to start. He's really starting to figure out when to go. And, and like I said, just to piggyback off what you said, the last two games you had D'Lo first half, Ant takes it over second half. In both of those games, D'Lo at the Memphis game had 17.6 assists in the first half. Then in the second half, Ant just turns it on, just like he did in, in the sack game. And slow, uh, slow-mo, Anderson, Kyle Anderson, I think he had a season-high in that game, that, that Memphis game, 23 points, he was coming through. Um, it, was, it was just fun to see, man. They, they definitely are getting together. And then to the maximum <laughs> against Sacramento because you had Anderson and Nas, who Nas has been in fall problems lately. He did have a good second half, and we really needed it because I think it was like two minutes, two falls right away. In the last three or four games, he struggled. Anderson had like – they're talking about how he kind of just hit the wall because he's not used to playing starter minutes, per se, and we've been, been like, hey, dude, you're our starter now. Um, and so he kind of hit the wall for like two games, but he came out, had a great game. But D'Lo, yeah, here are the numbers. Seven of seven. That hadn't been done in the first half since 1997. Seven of seven from three and eight and eight overall, whereas Anthony, kind of a slow start, um, kind of off the ball, had some weird turnovers, and once he hit that – First three, uh, like maybe nine minutes uh, at the nine-minute mark, eight-minute mark of the third, he just went stormtrooping. And it wasn't just all scoring. I know he had like 20 in that quarter, but he was all purpose in it, you know. And and, and so, and, you know, we were kind of tired down the stretch being, you know, that stretch we've been on, like I said, 10 games and 14 nights. Um, that, you know, that finally goes away after this game tonight. Um, that we're not going to talk about because we're doing a live show and whatnot, just so the audience knows. But, um, you know, Sabonis was doing these crafty post moves, Aaron, that was just – it was just tough to guard. Um, and then Fox started in the lane, and they cut that lead. And so I didn't necessarily love how we closed, but I like that we closed it out and didn't go into overtime or anything like that. And even Ant, he looked pretty exhausted at the end of that game. He still hit that big shot to go up 107 to 100 he was just feeling it from three and just in general like i said finding the open guy driving his mid-range game you saw him post clips all off season about his mini and and it's coming it's coming to play so it's been nice man like you said the whole team's kind of blending together uh they're, they're getting used to each other and just defensively we're just seeing more hard nosed play really yeah i mean the the early season panic, you know, <laughs> everybody's sweating and palms sweaty and this didn't work out. And what did we give up for Gobert and, and all that stuff is like kind of starting to, you know, it takes a while to, you got a lot of new moving parts and it's got to come together. Now I don't think we're out of the woods yet. I think there's still parts that need to be added in IE cat, but about Anthony's mid range game, I was going to say something about that right before you said something about that. And, that's a huge thing for him because he can stop and pop just about anywhere. I think economically he wants to hit the threes more, obviously, get the extra point. But you know, he's still getting to the rim. He's still, you know, shooting the threes. And I think his confidence in the three has gone up amazing. He's taking threes from, you know, five feet behind the, the arc now. And you know, he didn't quite do that as much last year. And same with, with Russell. You think his confidence in his three 
lately has been pretty good. And if you're going to run zones on these guys up top, I mean, you better run a two, one, two, because these guys are, they're just great shooters out there. And if you mess up and overextend, you know, that's going to go to the rim and, and even D'Angelo is going to go to the rim where he's going to pick and roll on you. And so it's a bunch of guard play, which is really kind of cool to see. Um, I wish we had a little more depth at guard, but I, I like what these two guys are doing. And you mentioned, you know, uh, Nas, who's actually stepped up quite a bit in this stretch. Um, scoring, uh, shooting, is still got the funky three, and that's not going to change, but yeah. hit, he hits them, you know. Even Kyle Anderson's three are just funny, but, you yeah. know, like you said, they go in. I know why they call him slow-mo now. I mean, it's it's slow, yeah. but if he gets Dang the time, yeah. he's going to hit. You know, even his layups kind of seem slow, but he seems. Oh, everything, dude, everything about him. <laughs> and he's been big. I mean, he really has been a big part of this team, and it's particularly in the Memphis game. He really, you know, I think he had twenty four or something like that. But it wasn't just the points; it was just how he kind of managed the game. And it seems like he had he knew yeah. a little something about Memphis that we didn't know. But then McDaniel's is alive, and uh, you know. We're getting the bench guys from Newell. He's a scorer. He's kind of like the new Beasley to me, you know, just instant offense. He'll come in and he'll play. But like I said, it's all kind of coming together, and now Finch is back to doing, using his parts where they need to be and kind of settling in who can give me what, when, where, how, that type of thing. And, you know, I was, I have to admit, I was a panic or two in the beginning. I was like, what is this mess? What are we watching? Uh, but now it seems like, oh, okay, I sort of get it now. I started to see, you know, what's going on here, and I like it. I, I think, you know, you mentioned in the sack game that everybody's a little tired at the end, and, yeah, it was a track meet. I mean, these guys get up and down. Fox was impressive. He's really developed his game uh, since he came into the league, probably, what, five years now, something like that. But he's been around for a hot minute, and, and he's really impressed me as a player. And then Sabonis as well in the post is just, you know, hard to deal with. And uh, and I thought they did a good job. I mean, Gobert is what he is. We're not going to ask him to change. He's came here to do a thing. And, uh, you know, he's going to do that thing now. It would be nice to have Cat next to him uh, to provide a little bit more mobility in the front court. But you're not going to get mobility out of, out of Gobert. What you're going to get is – uh, hopefully rim defense at times and, uh, you know, someone to make two foot shots and, and, and defend and that's, and rebound. And that's what you need him for. And that's what he's been providing for the most part. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing how certain analytics people just ignore about him, but then they use other analytics to try to take him down. Go bear. Um, I mean, all you have to do is watch full games of of a game of his, and he, he's constantly like, no, he doesn't get eight blocks a game or nothing, or four or five. He's a little down this year, but this dude makes you not shoot, like, over and over again. And, yeah, you're not going to be able to block them all because uh, I think some people get frustrated, like Sabonis doing these crafty little moves. But, like, three of them were like, all right, dude, nobody's stopping that, not even Beeb or Davis or, you know. So – I I just think people, it's like they wanted to be more gritty. They want more defense. They want more rebounding, but they don't like to watch it. You know, Ew, it just looks, it doesn't look good. You know, to me, I think he's, I've actually, I didn't realize he could draw this many fouls. And remember, <clears throat> when you look at offensively, up until recently, we haven't been doing his strengths. <laughs> so, you know, we we literally haven't been doing what he's good at. 
and that's been a big thing with Finch is from the media and from the fan base of like, if you brought this guy in, we better run some more pick and roll, um, especially, uh, you know, with a guy like D'Lo. And, or, you know, and I could understand because it, it, it's a process because he's never played with a, a, a guy like that. He's used to a pick and pop, which obviously will help, you know, when Cat gets back. But I think D'Lo and Anderson, as far as finding him so he can just get the easy buckets or draw off all, those two have gotten there. I've seen the last few weeks now Amp is starting to be a little bit more efficient with that. Um, I just think early in the season, <coughs> excuse me, we were just forcing it to him. But then in the same breath, the next time down, you're like, there it is. He's open, dude. And I just don't think these guys are used to it. And also, we were just talking about this on the College Ball Show, a lot of guards nowadays, the way the systems are, the way the three-point is, the way it's either three-point or you got to slash to the bucket, they don't know how to feed bigs, dude. We don't constantly post people up, especially not in high school if you're a stud, but even in college and in your first couple of years of pro. So a lot of them don't know how to do it at a high level anyway, at a pro level. And so that's going to take some time. And, and just to kind of get into the nutshell overview that we did last week, but you guys didn't hear it. I, I just think this season – in some ways, it's been opposite, but some of it very the same. We, we would win five in a row, lose four. Win four, lose three. You know, like we were really back and forth, and we started out, we had like a six-game losing streak within the first, like, 12 games. Um, it took us longer to dig out, or quicker to dig out of the, I think we got to like four games out of 500, if I remember correctly this year. We're over 500 a couple times now when we didn't even do that last year. So it's just kind of weird to me. Like you have two new starters and you have a variety of new players like a Anderson, uh, like a Rivers, other guys that, you know, it takes time. And for so long, it's like, it's almost Aaron, people kind of forgot how last season started and they only think, January 2nd Boston game and on when we were the best offensive team in the league. And, you know, the funny thing is it took us a long time to look good on offense. When you think that's what we were going to be good at, we need to improve on defense. Defensively started out so damn good. And so I, I just think it's like, guys, calm down. This is only the third season we've had this good of a record this deep since 2003, dude. We're talking 20 years ago. Like, just take a deep breath, let it happen. You got to figure this stuff out. And the big difference is, we don't. We, tonight will mark the thirty-second game without Cat. I mean, and 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 we've already seen spreading the floor a little bit more. We have been playing with two bigs still um, lately. Anyway, Kyle Anderson, obviously a different big. It's funny at the beginning of the year, none of us would have thought you could play Anderson. And go bear together. You know, it's like, oh, you can't play for long stretches because they neither of them can shoot. But Anderson, now given, he only takes like one and a half for a game. But he's shooting a career high from three because they're wide open. So he only, you know, take a couple. But he's just a good all-around, you know, player, Anderson. But I just think people, you know, it's like at the beginning of the year, we were, we were getting out the double-digit lead, Aaron, and then we'd lose him. Right. Sometimes we win the game. Sometimes we won. Then we were digging a hole, you know, to where we'd have to come back. And a lot of times it was too little, too late. So it's been kind of funky. But beyond cat, which is an all pro level, 
you had Prince, who's out again, who missed time before. You had J-Mac, who's probably going to be out longer than Cat's going to be. Um, you know, you had Gobert have a little bit of injury stuff. Uh, it's been way more injuries than all the last year to key-ass, you know, positions. And it, it just seems like, dude, take your time. We need time, and everybody wants to all of a sudden look at the overview, have a trade, and it's like, I get it. If a trade helps us, that's cool, but it's like people forget all last year we figured it out, and even, you know, two years ago, those last 15 to 20 games, we figured out a lot once D'Lo came back from his surgery. We finally got Cat, Ant, and D'Lo on the court, which remember that whole year people were talking about doing trades. It's like, dude. We don't even know our starting lineup. This year we came in to the – or two years ago we came in to the damn season. We didn't even have a starting lineup yet. So everybody's just got to calm down, take a deep breath. It's a long season still. We're, we're not even in February technically. And it's it's whack-a-mole, like you said. It's like you, you get these guys gelled, and then you lose Gobert for three to six games, and then you lose Prince, and then you bring in some – then Gobert's back, but Prince is still out. And now you've, and now Cat's out for 32 games. And what can we do with Nas? And then Nas is, you know, it's just this, you know, Finch has got to be pulling his hair out at this point because it's just, you can't get continuity in anything you do because this piece is gone and that piece is back and this piece is gone and that piece is back. And you got to do all these things. Now you want to talk about trading people and then get rid of that piece and bring in this piece. And now Cat's back and then it's going to be a, and then J Max another element. So, it's this thing where it's just going on, you know, I guess revolving door of injuries and players in and out and just to kind of be where you are right now is a little bit impressive. And earlier in the season, like you said, Chris, it's just, you know, you're trying to find this thing. You're trying to see what it is so that you can shape it and mold it and do what you have to do. And we're not there yet, but as the season progresses and in the right time now, we're, you know, we're moving into that stretch run of the season here and it's going to be, you're going to start to see it like last year come together. Oh, I see this. Well, this is why we, you know, we weren't playing Noel and, you know, in the beginning of the season, but now, you know, he's come to be a decent part of the bench and, and so on and so forth. And all these things that are starting to work now, Cat's role when he comes back is a long talker because everybody's like, well, you know, is he going to sit and pop, you know, corner threes and just leave everything else alone? And, you know, what's, you know, that's not really what I envision. I really see him as just being himself, but free to do the things that he does best. And now you start to see the continuity. He needs to fit into what's going on, obviously. And that could, if there's an ego issue or something like that, that could be a problem. But we're not there yet, so we're not going to speculate about that. We're just going to say, ideally, you want him to just fit in and, and get his in the flow of what Ant and D'Lo and Rudy and Jaden are, are doing at the moment and find your place and then, you know, find a place to rise out of that. Um, and that's just another part that has to come back in and be, you know, kind of, you know, carved into place. And if you can get him back in a reasonable amount of time so that you can go down the stretch here at somewhat full strength. I mean, like you said, J Max going to be out a little bit longer than cat. And we don't know what, you know, what Prince's yeah, maybe. thing is right now or how long he's going to be out. And, you know, knock yeah. on wood, you don't, Lose Rudy and or you lose anybody else in the lineup, but I like to see you know you start to look at okay these are going to be the starters they're going to run you know ten fifteen minutes bench is going to come in who is the bench what are they doing um so you know it's starting to mold into this 
kind of quasi because I think some players, Chris, are you know starting and bench. Like, what are you going to do with slow mo when you know is he going back to the bench? Is he going to start some spot starts? How's that going to work? There's just a lot of questions, but I think now is the time in the season uh, to end this long point that you're starting to see how it's going to look uh, end of February, early March, what the rotation is going to be like, what is the bench, what do they do, that type of thing. And it's been a long road to get here as far as the early part of the season. But like you said, it's it's starting to mold in. And I think that's kind of a characteristic thing now you're starting to see under Finch's coaching is that, yeah, it might not look great, you know, week two, week three, month two of the season. But when you get down to the end of the season, you're going to figure out what all that was about. And hopefully you're playing your best ball, uh, you know, in the next month or so. Yeah. I mean, I just think as far as like the scapegoats, obviously D'Lo and Rudy have been the scapegoats so far this year. And I think people want Rudy to have, like you said, to have post moves and be able to average 20 points and all that. But we didn't bring him in to fucking average 20 points. We got three guys that could average 20 any given night. And all three can go for 30 here and 40 any night, too. So, well, I shouldn't say three because, you know, Cat's not on right now. But you know what I'm saying. It's like we didn't bring him in to do that. And it, actually, this is uh, Al Horton, former uh, play-by-play guy. 13 losses in 19 games dropped Minnesota to the 11th in the West. Since the 11 wins in 15 games – they're now six now, obviously. <laughs> but we are 11 and four, the second best um, record in January. Um, and I just, I, yeah, just it's it's kind of like early in the season, and even sometimes like in the Houston game, Rudy can't defend everybody, and and I think the re- like we had a rebounding issue last year, right? So that didn't just go away, you know. And, and Kyle Anderson actually like called himself out the other night after a game going, you know, I had two shitty freaking nights, you know, I had a bad playoff series. The next, uh, the next one after the, the playoff series, you know, with Memphis and, and Minnesota, like it's, it's just, it's not losing focus in the game and taking every opponent 100% serious. Last week when we recorded this or tried to, we were talking about if we don't lose to Detroit twice, you know, now we've lost to Houston twice, I believe. Like, there's some games in, in, in the Spurs, too, who are a bad team this year. You look and you go, man, if you win three out of those five instead of all five losses, we'd be even up higher. But last week we were saying we'd be the fifth seed. Well, here we are, the fifth seed, at least tonight. But, yeah, I just think it's 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 kind of blended it all together. Um, and, you know, I, I like what Rudy brings almost on a nightly basis. And – Hearing a conversation on Dan Moore's uh, podcast, talked about this last week, about uh, about uh, Conley and how he – it took him a while. A very solid point guard in the league for a long time. It took him almost a full year to get used to it because it is – we're talking about slow-mo. It is a slower pick and roll. Now, he runs hard, but you gotta you got to wait, 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 wait. And then when the two, two guys are all the way on you – that's when you dump it off. And so you Anderson and D'Lo are more natural facilitators. But like I said, the last couple of weeks we've seen Ant get, get that groove where it's like, okay, I understand this now. I get 
what I got to do. I can't just throw anything up there to him. And that goes for the rest of the team, too. And you don't just want to feed them to feed them, but they got to get used to a big that's way down there, not just on the elbow like cat, you know? So, but to, yeah, but let's be in the position where it's good. Oh, I was just going to break in real quick about the big conversation. Chris, there aren't any more. Rudy's like, you know, an anomaly in this league and, and basketball in general at this point. Old school, big. And you don't see well, them. Well, Embiid's seeing... pretty close and well, Jokic's yeah. pretty close. Okay, we'll Davis. call it that. We'll go with that. But they're not as – they're just a different breed, right? And like you said, kids aren't sure. learning how to feed bigs anymore because there aren't any. There's a bunch of stretch this and stretch that and guys with – using their quickness and all that stuff. And that's all great if you want to call that evolution of the game or whatever it is you want to say. But to say, okay, you know, Ant's got to get used to uh, Rudy coming down in a pick and roll. Yeah, that's going to take some time because, like you said, it's not as quick, but it can be more effective. You can get do a lot of other things with it. And as far as you know, Rudy's not going to go down, bump somebody out like Patrick Ewing, and ask for the ball in the post. That's not how things work. Yeah, right, yeah. And, you know, I, I really don't know. I think people need to tamper their expectations a little bit of about what Rudy was brought in for, what he's yes. good at, what his role is on this squad on a full strength squad here, because his role is a little bit uh, in flux because Cat's not here to balance it. But once Cat gets back to balance that role, you start to see exactly him doing the role he came here to do. And uh, he was like you said, he wasn't brought here to score thirty. He was brought here to rebound, defend, uh, have a force in the paint defensively and, and pick up bunnies around the basket. And that's what he's good at. That's what he'll be used for. And right now he's kind of out of role, but when he returns to his role, I think you'll start to see the value in Rudy Gobert. Yeah. I mean, I think he's been in his role. You know, I do think he's been in his role, but now that's not to say that like, as far as how this season's gone, it's been up and down. No doubt about it. That's not to say that we, we don't turn the ball over too much because we surely do. I think we're second or third in turnovers. That's not to say, uh, although it's getting a little better now, the last few weeks, the fast break points, we've been giving way too many up. Now, some of that is maybe, you know, oh, we got to get more offensive rebounds, so we're going to crash the boards. But other times you're like, nobody's crashed the board except Rudy. You're standing right there. Two guys are standing right there. Rudy's got two guys on his back. The other night he grabbed a rebound with a guy in his back and was still able to hold him off and grab it with one hand. It's like, yeah, nobody on our team could do that before. That's the type of stuff that he's going to be really good at. And and so there has been lackadaisical stuff. There's no doubt about it. There's multiple guys off ball that Noel and Ant last uh, two games ago getting backdoored left and right, losing their guy. It's not to say that it's been all good. There are times you're like, dude, you guys got to be more focused like you're playing a shitty team, but you got to act like you're playing a great team. And so I get that part of it. But, guys, we're Timberwolves fans. Haven't you seen a bunch of garbage basketball for so long? Like, and, and that goes to the people that said 58 wins and 60 wins. It's like, dude, that's not till year three. And still, 60 wins doesn't happen that much. <clears throat> did anybody win 60 last year? Was it, Yeah, maybe one team did. But – I don't know, man. Um, so it hasn't been all pretty, no doubt about that. No doubt about that. But when any any time in the half court scenario, you're a top ten, like per hundred possessions in offense and defense in the you know when the game slows down, which is the playoffs, and you you still have a lot to work on. 
right? Our three-point percentage shooting now is going up. You can tell. Uh, but our, our field goal percentage is really, really good. And like you said, the Rudy stuff, if you do it right, it's a high percentage. You know, he's going to fucking dunk it. Now, he's going to miss some, and it's going to be like, God damn, you're, uh, you're not athletic. But uh, a lot of it has that three-point shooting. Some guys were going off now, and D'Lo, you know, their second combined most threes in January. And as a combined, they're, they're basically shooting 44% from three. So those two have gone off. Now, McDaniels, his offensive game has opened up. He's still, whether it's staying with this guy, you know, on the ball, whether it's blocking a shot or, you know, adjusting a shot, you know, midair, the guy's playing great. The only thing with him is, is the foul issues. And he was fourth, was it fourth or third in the league last year in foul issues, and he hasn't slowed down. I think he's third or second this year. So now, of course, he does um, have to play the hardest guard usually every time, whether it's a small forward, sometimes a power forward, but usually small forward or a, a, a guard. So I get it. You're going to get some fouls. But, you know, we haven't played that crazy scramble high wall defense as much now of late we have. But that's another thing. Yeah, we, we were okay with, like, fouls last year because, you know, we're so aggressive, but we didn't play that the whole time. You know, and some of it is Rudy's not great at that, you know, and we talked a little bit about this. Maybe that was near the end, but they are trying to have Rudy in the drop and everybody else in the scramble. But that takes some time too. Kyle Anderson was talking about that. Like, dude, that's tough to do. But if we can get it on the same page, it's going to be really, really good come playoff time. Yeah, I agree with that uh, 100%. I also think, you know, since you're laying out a little bit of concerns, my concern here, and you can push back on it a little bit, I think you might, but I want to know what this team wants to fall back on when the shots aren't falling. I think that's kind of the next step here. Uh, Obviously, D'Lo's been shooting well, Ant's been shooting well, um, but on a night, knock on wood, that it, it comes, when the shots just aren't falling, what do you, what do you fall back on? You know, I think that's where Jaden comes in. I think hypothetically that's where you'll start to see uh, Noel come in and score. Um, well, Towns too when we Towns have, right? as well. Drive. But yeah. let's you know, I want to see him have a consistent like. Okay, so you turn on the TV. You're there in I don't know Utah or something. I, that's not a really good example because Utah's kind of a rival. But they're just playing some nondescript team. Okay. In the West, that's hard to find, though. <laughs> Nonetheless. Oh, we'll and find the, them, though. We'll and the shots aren't like falling. Shit. And you go, okay. And you know, okay, since the shots aren't falling, I'm going to watch. They're going to do this. And I still haven't seen that element to them. You know, it's like, okay. And lately, because the shots have been falling. But you get to a point in the playoffs or coming down the stretch of the season when you need a game for seeding or you need a game for this, and you're just having a night where it adds, you know, one of six from three – and it's not falling for him. I want to see, you know, what what that a consistent thing where you go, okay, we're gonna to have to obviously get gritty on defense, but offensively, how you grind out buckets? Can they do that? And how do they intend to do that? Pick and roll with Rudy? Are they gonna, you know, get slow mo on some cuts? What is it that they're gonna to go to in those moments? And I think that's my my only real concern at this. I don't see that there yet. And I want to know, you know, if I sit down and, and I see that the shots aren't falling, I want to know what to look for in that moment. And like you said, Cat's not back. 
And I think that has a lot to do with it because you can kind of feed Cat in the post a little bit um, in it's a dire high post, situations. Well, on the high um, post, that's usually where he got the ball. So, but yeah, yeah, it won't be low. So, I mean, you know, maybe you have seen what that alternative would be, but I just haven't seen. I think that's something you need to kind of have if you're going to, you know, go exceed what you did last season. And I think we're on pace to do that. Well, it's that's an interesting question because some of that is all right, move the ball and get the the best open shot, whether whatever shot it is, could be a mid range, could be a cut, like you said. Um, for two months we struggled from three, but our field goal percentage, our two point field goal percentage, has been strong. That's where Cat comes in too. Uh, Ant needs to get a little bit better. Uh, he could get a little bit better at, at the two point stuff because his mid range is nice. But, you know, once he gets the whistle, he gets to the free throw line. That's another thing. Lately, he's been trying falls well. Now, a lot of people, when I've said Ant's not elite at drying falls, they think flop right away. But I'm not saying that. You know, his go-to move is is, is falling away from guys or, or, you know, moving away with the Euro step. So he's starting to now, instead of barreling into three guys looking for a fall because he's mad after the last one that they called, which was a legitimate call he should have got, and he's going to get that whistle in the future. Um, I think we've been pretty good at the two-point stuff. Uh, you know, so I think we got McDaniels can drive to the rim. Um, Noel, he, he's struggling lately, though. I mean, Noel has – he started out good, but lately, though, he's shooting like – it's been rough. He's shooting like 28% from three. He, he, last night was a perfect example – or two nights ago was a perfect example. He just – you can see his confidence isn't there right now. Uh, but that's not to say we're not going to go, you know, go with him. And shit, Beasley had a horrible – first two months of the year and then just went nuts. Now he's not going to be shooting those type of threes. And that's what I kind of preferred about Noel off the bench is because he's not only, okay, catch it, shoot, catch it, okay, you just catch, shoot. He could actually do more stuff. So it's a good question. Um, no, I like you know, what you said. I it, like what you said about, you know, that's obviously what you want to do is get to the rim and, and get fouls. Um, but I, and like you, know, you said, though, pick and roll. Yeah, you know, that's it, where I was going to go next. Call more plays in the fourth yeah. quarter, and, and that's you know, something that we've seen lately. Ant can do that. He can get to the rim and get fouls. I think uh, just about anybody can. Delo kind of shies away from it a little bit. Maybe that's what gets us in a little bit of trouble in those bad shooting nights. Um, he doesn't necessarily love to go to the rim. He can do it. That's, he, you know, he's sneaky. You know, around the he doesn't the rim, do it a lot, but he's hole. finishing at a high rate. He's finishing at a higher rate than uh, than Ant. He just doesn't yeah. do it as much. Which and I would pick and roll team. Towns. I would pick and roll Gobert in those situations. I would try to get yes. you know open shots for for Anderson, open shots for Noel. Um, bring in uh, Reed a little bit to shake things up a little bit and find like you know Ant hasn't been getting calls, which has been a thing that I've noticed is calls that he should be getting at this point. He's not now. He's not doing what Cat does and cries and flap his hands around, which is good. He just gets down the court. No, but he'll again. complain to the ref and not get back on D, though. So, you Yeah, know. I mean, that's been, I think, relatively recently, unless you've noticed it a little bit. In the last couple games, I've noticed that is, but I, they're pretty egregious. Just because he does a Euro step doesn't mean he doesn't get fouled, and I think that's a problem that he's, that you know, I'm having with the officiating. There is an there, art but. to it, though, to draw a foul, like a pump fake. And get yeah. hit. You know, I'm yeah, talking he's about the easy strong stuff. enough. I think he's strong enough where he, you you're right. He does need to start working into defenders a little bit more to get those fouls 
but at the same time, you know, you can't just depend on the whistles to get you an extra, you know, point out every time. And you got to have some go-tos. And I'm going to kind of talked about this and I'm going to keep an eye out about it a little bit. It's just like, okay, let's, you know, let's see what happens. Uh, D'Angelo, I kind of know his game. I love his game. Uh, I think it fits here in a, with the full complement of everybody. Um, but you have to kind of be, I won't say you have to be a basketball purist or aficionado to kind of see his game because it's very subtle in his ways. And I really like watching him. I think he's a great basketball player and I, I hope he sticks around. I know there's a bunch of contract stuff going and, you know, hope he wants to because I really like the way he plays. And it's taken me a while, Chris. I think I had some complaints about him maybe a season ago where I was like, ah, I don't like this. I don't like that. But when you start to watch how kind of crafty he is, um, and his facilitating now is starting to, you start to see the subtleties in it all. And if you have keen enough eye to see it, I really like him. I think he's a really smooth, one of the smoothest players that we've seen in a very long time. And as long as he's hitting his shots, it looks great. The problem with him is when the shot's not falling, then people get on him and, and they, you know, he's worthless and we got to get rid of him. And, but, it, yeah. you know, and that's the problem. It's the, the on or off with D'Angelo Russell. And I'll take a, a bad night for three good ones. And that's where it's been. And I say I'm a fan and I rarely say I'm a fan of, of, of players, but I really like the way he plays. Yeah, I mean, he, he, the first few games he started out just fine, but then he did go on a stretch, a sustained stretch, probably the longest since he's been here maybe. Um, he just, you know, he just wasn't shooting well at all, and it's not like he was averaging eight or nine assists or something like that. So he, he did have a stretch there, but somewhere in November, there's been all sorts of stats, you know, the last 32 games, the last this, the last that. Uh, I think Dave Moore had it at 33 or 34. I mean, he's – He's been playing great, dude. And, and so on one hand, you're like, all right, he's another guy that you had to fit into this stuff. And um, so that was going to take time just like everybody. But it's funky. He's playing great. He's, he's shooting a career high from the field. Uh, he's, you know, for the month of December, January's not out. But I think he's second in two-point shooting in January. He was first in two-point shooting. He shot. 50% in January from the field, which is uh, number one out of point guard. So the fit, it's kind of funky, you know, because for so long, the flow offense, move the mm-hmm. ball and you'll get it back. We are starting to see Ant and D'Lo get it back with the catch and shoot. And both of those guys, we talked about their three-point stuff, both those guys are nasty with that. So some of it is the trust and all that, but – the D'Lo thing, he's playing so great right now, right? He's playing some of his best, you know, maybe his assistant down, but then again, Ant's assistant up. Uh, Anderson's kind of like a second point guard out there, especially when he's starting. Cat was above like five and a half assists. I think it was five assists or something. So that kind of makes sense there. But on one hand, you go, well, maybe we should trade him because he's at a high value, right, mm. right now. Yep. And that makes sense. Um, but then are you going to get, like, like Kyle Lowry – a year or two ago, I don't know if I want to get like a guy who's 38. No. You know, do we think this is our year? Because if we don't, which we don't, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, to win it all. I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but, you know, is this like, dude, we got the squad? No, it's really not. You know, if you would have told me 
if we could have brought in a, a defender or two for the Vikings defense, you know, yeah, yeah maybe I'd be like, all right, dude, that'll give us to the conference final. We improve our defense. But it's kind of like the more I mull it around, I think we should extend them or go in the off season and try to sign a new deal with them. Or maybe it did, would turn into a, a sign and trade then because he is going to make a sizable amount. But we still don't have an exact uh, – like the, the whole off season was he wants a max, he wants a max. But in the NBA, you know if someone wants a max because their agent comes out and fucking says it, and it's been real hush hush. Now they obviously haven't agreed on a, on a um, you know on an extension. So I don't know. It's kind of like I think maybe we should because of this cat stuff, we almost need to keep them and go a couple years. And if we need defense when we're playing a, a team like Cleveland, it's already happened a couple times this year. That's where you go to Austin Rivers down the stretch. Then, if you think D'Lo can't hang with somebody, cool. Then put in Austin Rivers for the last six minutes. And, yeah, a, you know, go ahead. Oh, I thought it's a funky fit. I like the way you said that. It's not your orthodox kind of fit. But now, as you kind of start to see it work with Ant, you're like, wow, this is kind of. It might not look like it works, but it works. And like you said, they're getting rid of the ball, getting it back. He's starting to facilitate. He doesn't do it in the way that everybody else does it. He does it in his own way, and it's working. And like I said, he we focus on his scoring a lot because that's kind of what he came in to be. But I'm starting to watch him. You, you know, I like, as all you listeners know, and I know you know, Chris, I like, I like the old school point guards. I like, I like Stockton. I like those type of guys. That that's what I like to watch. And you're not going to see that with D'Angelo Russell. But you are going to see, if you start to look at it through that lens, you can start, oh, okay, I see he got, it's like, get, it doesn't matter how you get to the top of the mountain as long as you get there. He didn't get there the same sure. way Stockton would have got there. He didn't get there the same way J-Mac's going to get there, but he's going to get there. And I kind of like to watch how creative he can be in getting to the same place or, or accomplishing the same thing. And a lot of times you look at it and go, wow, you know, that was clever. I, I didn't see that coming. And I'm not saying he's a Houdini or something like that, or he's great, but, right, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm just saying that, like, if you start to look at it through that lens, and it's like, it kind of changed my whole viewpoint on him. He just thinks differently than other point guards. He's got different gifts. He can score and get you 30 in, in a night, and the next night get you six with eight assists. Um, but it's it's the kind of thing now. He is in a contract year, and he could be, you know, the, the, a lot of people complained about his, his playoff performance last year. And, sure. yeah, it wasn't great. And right. but the play in, he had a, a fantastic game. So you're like, okay, well, you know, can he maintain this throughout the rest of the season and the playoffs? And you know, next year and the year after that, before we start talking about signing him and all this stuff, you know, I, I Delo at his best, I love to watch, but you know, lazy kind of, you know, not 100% Delo, lack of days I don't like, and you know. We're not seeing much of that D'Lo right now. We're seeing prime D'Lo right now, and and I love watching that. And even back at Ohio State, I think he lit up the Gophers. I remember watching him. Didn't he? I wasn't fifty, Chris. It was he really lit up the Gophers though uh, at the barn. He was and, definitely all purpose too. He came out as an all purpose point guard, you know, and at Ohio State. Yeah, so he's kind of like I don't want to say Terrell Brandon because it's a different breed, but it's just you know he if if his shots working and his brain's on and he's invested in the game, it's he's yeah. fun to watch and I'd like to see him around. But you know 
again, we'll see how that goes, uh, knock on wood in the playoffs and, and see where that goes. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's been fun to watch. And, you know, I think if him and Ant can get some sort of, you know, sustained energy together and start to figure out wh- how this thing works with them. Like I said, it's unorthodox, but sometimes it's these unorthodox combinations that are just hard to defend and, and you can't really do it. And I think that's kind of where we're headed as far as those two are. And if you can get that to go, Chris, in a playoff series where you're seeing the same team, you know, four nights, five nights in a row, I think it could be deadly. Yeah. And obviously, you know, he's an effective player because, uh, you know, in our first series in a while, they put their best defender on him from game one. The Clippers put their best defender on him from game one. So why in the hell would you do that when you have fucking Ant sitting right there? Well, there's a reason, because if you get scoring and facilitating, then Ant's like, all right, cool, here we go. And it, the funny thing is, they've always, like for Ant, it's always worked for Ant. It always has worked for Ant, basically, since he's been here. People don't realize that, but it, it's a great fit because he can hit the three. He can facilitate a little bit, and that's something where you could see this year he's taking another step and as, as a facilitator. Now, part of that is going to be growing paints. He's, 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 you know, he had a stretch there where he had like uh, five, five, four, six turnovers. You know, it, last last game he had six turnovers. So but if you ask him to facilitate and everybody wants this uh, point amp, well, then you got, you know, he's going to turn the ball over some, you know, especially early on when he's learning this position. But D'Lo, he's actually the guy, you know, that has had to adjust his game the most out of the big three. And, I mean, because remember, he was going to be the second scorer, and then we drafted Ant. We made a, we made the trade when Ant wasn't even here yet. So he, he and in, in the system itself, and that's kind of what I understand from the media and fans, and the one pushback I'd have on Finch is we get your flow system, dude, and, and I don't think people realize he's thinking mid to long term. If we can get stuff, he likes to have the, the players figure it out. He gives them, in my opinion, a little too much freedom, but once they figure it out, then he builds around it because he figures, well, we can always go to pick and roll. And that is true, but you got to be able to do the pick and roll more so you know you're good at it for the playoffs. So, Lately, we have been activating D'Lo, but if you're going to sit there at a press conference and talk about how much you're going to activate D'Lo off of this Go Bear trade, well, then fucking run some plays for him, you know? And I will say this. Lately, he's he's ran more plays, and in the you know second half especially, they've been running a ton. The most plays by a mile is for Ann. And when you get him structured, it, it, it really does help him. It does help him. So this system is not a great fit. It's not an ideal fit for D'Lo, I'll say that, um, because of the pick and roll. And he's got slow feet, too. We keep talking about Gobert, slow-mo. He's got slow feet, too. That's why he can't get to the rack like crazy. He can dribble like a mother, but he's slow. So, to me, I don't know. That's what we still got to find out if this is an ideal fit. And to be honest with you, the way the flow offense is, you can't say it's an ideal fit fit for Ant either off of his style of play. So we're going to – that's what we're going to figure this all out. And like I said, D, the coaches want D'Lo and Ant to get off the ball early in the possession. And for the last few weeks, they've done it, and they're, the, the players have gotten the ball back to them too. And so a lot of it is the trust and all that. But, yeah, we'll see, man. I mean, if they can make a good – if they can get Fred Van Fleet here, 
sign me up for that trade. He's still young enough. He's a hard-nosed defender, and he can shoot threes too, and he can spread the ball. I, I would do that over D'Lo in this system. But other than that, like the the Kyle Lowry, I, I don't no. know. I don't know what that looks like because he's got another year. But you do want to keep this contract here because if you just don't sign him and he walks, well, one, you didn't get any for him, right? Yeah. And two, you don't get the salary. So you do – I understand, like, wanting even Conley. Maybe Conley at, like, age 35 or whatever, he'd have a couple years because we wouldn't be depending on him. But as far as everybody saying J-Mac or Noel should be in the starting lineup, and we touched upon this last week, I think that's nonsense. I, I really love J-Mac, but I like his role. I think, if anything, if you're thinking about D'Lo off the bench or D'Lo not on the roster and we don't bring in a point guard, I think it's Rivers. I think it's Rivers who's the point guard because he could he could shoot or, or going to play the point guard position. He could shoot and he could defend his ass off. And he's 6'4", 200. He's a lot longer than even Noel, but especially Jake, who's just good at what he does and at times great because his uh, assist to turnover is always right there with like Tyus and a couple other guys. Yeah, I agree with you 100% on that. I really do think that – and he's the opposite. He's sort of the opposite of, of, of D'Angelo. You know, he can exactly. come in, change your pace, change your pace, change the system, change the style, change everything there. And it's just kind of, and they're juxtaposed. So it's like, you know, okay, you're going to get smooth and this from D'Angelo, and then you're going to get gritty and, and defense from, go, go, go. from Rivers. And even when J-Mac comes back, it'll be interesting to see how they work Rivers into that. And, sure. and I really think that's cool. But um, yeah, I mean, Look, we're going to figure out the Russell thing as the season goes on and we get to the trade deadline. And like you said, I like the Fred Land Fleet thing too. I, I think that he's a standard kind of point guard. Um, and I, I think that yeah, that'll be an interesting fit too, but I think it'd be more of a, and, and as far as Ant's concerned, you know, I want to see Ant in isolation right now, just kind of what he's doing right now. He's season three. Um, like you said, he's picking up the mid range. He's got the three. He can get to the hoop when he wants. So now he needs to start to 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 start to say well, this is the time to do this, this is the time to do that, this thing. and all of this started coming together in his head about okay if I need to get a bucket what do I do you know three minutes in the fourth down by two, uh, big game, uh, I need this bucket you know I I'll go to this and he's starting to get his go tos and the things like that I want to see him in experimental sort of quote unquote mode until he figures out his go-tos and what he wants to do with everything. And I think he's well on his way to figuring that out. And uh, and that's kind of where this team is. It's like, okay, we need the go-tos. We need to know how to do that because, you know, you get into a hole like you were with Memphis last uh, playoff series. <clears throat> that's what we were missing. You know, we were missing what Memphis had that we didn't was like, okay, things aren't going great. We go to this. You know, uh, yeah, exactly. We need to be like, let's just calm the fuck down and do yep. this. Yeah, you're and we right. need these go-to and get an offensive rebound too, or right. a rebound, I should say, defensive yeah. rebound. And uh, that's what's being built right now, I think, from what I'm seeing, and, and that's a good thing to see, uh, regardless of what parts are in there. And when Cat comes back, you know, let's hope that he fits in uh, to whatever they're doing and doesn't try to, you know, uh, me, 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 everything. Um, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say he's gonna do that until I see him do it. Well, I don't really look at him as a Mimi player as far as on the court beyond uh, uh, 
you know, going over the top when it comes to foul stuff. He gets too much. He gets way too emotional. But I love all his passion. I just wish he could channel it. Because uh, when he does, man, it's like there'll be like a five to eight game stretch where you're like, my God, he channeled it. This is fucking awesome. Uh, but there's just. But other than that, he spreads the ball. I think he was averaging like four or five assists. I don't really look at him as a Mimi guy. But then again, I look at him this year, I, I think it's going to be more like 2019 where he shot like eight threes a game or something. I think they're going to lean into that. And then you can also, I mean, last year was one of his best driving to the hole. As far as a center, he led the league in end ones. I mean, he was driving like crazy. Now, obviously, you can't do that as much. Uh, just straight up as a play because, you know, you two bigs down there. But you might get to the play, place where, you know, you can you get comfortable to where maybe just that big body can take up space and he can go around them because I'm starting to see Ant do that as well. And that, that's been pretty big. Now, as far as any, any last words, we should be wrapping it up and start to look towards, uh, obviously, I don't know the sack score. But Golden State, Orlando, Denver. But any any last words to wrap up our conversation there? No, I can tell you the sack score, but I don't think you want. To, I don't think you want to hear it. Um, so yeah, I mean, we got Golden State. All these guys coming up. Um, you know, it'll be a test against Golden State because I can't ever tell if they're toying with us, or if we're actually being, you know, effective in these games against them. We've won a few in the past, so I think like it's not out of the stretch or the realm of imagination to think that you could go win one. Um, but, you know, it's just how much, you know, are they really putting into that game? And I think, you know, with the way the standings are now, you're going to see Golden State coming out to win. And, and Curry's back, too. And Curry's back, too. Um, so, I mean, sack again tonight, and then Golden State and Orlando, which Orlando a lot of people think are, is not a good squad, but they're a young team with – they, you know, they don't quit and they fight. And then Denver, obviously, is always giving us problems. So, you know, it's going to be interesting, Chris. I think that it's going to be a test here. Uh, thank God we're at home for, I think, all of these games. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, take the sack game out of this and just go with Golden State, Orlando, and Denver. Well, no, we'll you know, go. We'll go like we did last week, where the score. If we win, if we lose, you know, that sort of thing. If they win tonight, yeah, you know, I. I it's going to be tough in goal with Golden State just because, you know, Curry and he gets hot and it's pretty much, it's over. I think you can, I think you're going to beat Orlando at home. Denver, I think you can beat them at home. Jokic is always tough. It's just, depends on where they're at. And we just beat them too, so they're not going to be too, uh, no, too loosey goosey or anything like that. I, look, two and two would be great. If you can go two and two, uh, with these two, maybe, you know, beat Sacramento, beat Orlando, lose to Golden State, lose to Denver. I'd be fine with that, particularly since you've been on a three-game winning streak as it is. You can kind of give a couple games back and not and not die. But obviously, I think if you could find a way to get three and one out of this, which I don't think is too much to ask, and I think the loss would be Golden State, but I think we're playing well enough and we're at home that you should beat Orlando and you should beat Denver, at least give Denver a good game. So I'd say two and two, three and one probably is what we're looking at two and two, but three and one would be gravy and it would help us a lot in the standings. Um, I think the best matchup of the next four obviously would be Golden State. 
uh, the best game to watch. Uh, but Denver is also, you know, that's always a fun matchup when you. Yeah, they're number Denver. one. In the and, West, so. and I think we match up pretty well with them. Um, and then Orlando, just I want to see the Wolves against Orlando come out and do what they did to Memphis. I know they're different quality of teams, but I want to see them have control of that game, start to finish, and finish it yes. off at the end. And no playing around, just business-like right. win against Memphis against uh, Orlando would mean a lot. Don't get down thirteen to three right away and like, hey, that's right, we're playing a game tonight. So Orlando, the Orlando Magic, okay, they are in the schedule, they are a team. There's no Shaq or Penny, but they are a team. Grand Hill, no, he's not there either. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that like, however we win that Orlando game, I just want to win it because of that. That man, you look at some of our losses, you're like, dude. Wake the fuck up. Like, you have to – you can't just rise for the great teams. That's bullshit, you know, and, that, and that's going to get you beat in the first round easy. So, I really – because that's what we took care of last year. We started to take care of, like, win the games you're supposed to win and then knock off some teams here and there, and that's kind of what you do. Now, one thing is you can't – no more five-game losing streaks. Keep it at two, three max. But, I mean, you – this freaking from three to twelve is just nuts. So yeah, I uh, depend. I would say three and one if we beat Sack. Otherwise, two and two. Um, I think. I think Denver. I kind of think we'll lose to Golden State and Denver. Um, but that that based off what you know happens tonight, going back to back against the same team, we haven't done that all that well. Um, so you know, we saw that you know what happened the last time we against a way lesser team. So we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, I, I, I think it will be 2-2 two and two, uh, with the possibility of 3-1 three, three and one if they get off to a great, uh, you know, start for the week. If we finally, even though the schedule is difficult down the stretch, it's not 10 games and 14 fucking nights. That's for damn sure. So um, any last words, sir, before we uh, shut this thing down? That recorded the whole time, I'm mad. Glad to hear recorded the whole time. Uh, <laughs> we had a good show last week, uh, but we managed to touch on quite a few things that we touched on uh, last week, so we got caught up. Um, you you should have heard show. it last week, though, man. <laughs> so oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, you know, catch the show anywhere you get your podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spricker, anywhere you get them. Um, and it's good to be talking basketball again, and we'll look forward to uh, – I was going to say the playoffs this year, but I don't want to be so presumptuous, but I think we'll make the playoffs. <laughs> so um looking forward to like uh, another good wolf season. And then, like you said, I want to reiterate what you said is just calm down. This is the way seasons go. Um I know it's tough. You know, you want to come out and get on pace to win 60, but people rarely win 60. And we all know what we lumps. traded. We, we know the trade. The tra- you liked it in August. Everybody loved it in August, right? Now they fucking hate it. Just let a fucking season take place. And you, there's peaks and valleys, and right now we're in a peak, and we've seen some valleys, and uh, I think it'll work itself out in the end. All right, we'll be back next Monday. Peace.